the it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. It's very exciting to be able to talk about dog food that has made my dogs not only eat it, but eat it with pills in it. <laughs> That's how good Sundays for dogs is. So this is a miracle. Sundays is a healthy, air-dried dog food made from a short list of human-grade ingredients. It was co-founded by Dr. Tori, a practicing veterinarian. Shockingly, one I haven't dated. Sundays contains 90% meat, 10% vegetables, and 10% synthetic nutrients. Sundays is convenient. Unlike other fresh dog foods, Sundays is zero prep, zero mess, and zero stress. Sundays is shelf-stable, makes it easy to feed your pup top-quality food. Every order ships right to your door, so you'll never worry about running out of dog food again. Sundays is affordable, costs 40% less than other healthy dog food brands because Sundays doesn't waste money shipping frozen packages. Instead, they spend it on what matters, sourcing the best all-natural ingredients for your puppy dog. Sundaysfordogs.com slash Whitney or use code Whitney at checkout. That's Sundays, S-U-N-D-A-Y-S for dogs, D-O-G-S dot com slash Whitney. Upgrade your pup to Sundays and feel good about your food. You feed your dog. When Michael Chiklis was on a couple weeks ago, I make these podcasts way too long as it is. I make them alone without any help. And uh, it was four hours <laughs> because I was like, I have Michael Chiklis in here. I think the listeners of the show will get so much out of this. He's been one of my heroes for so long. He's such an amazing actor. He's what I love to call a superhero in Hollywood who also just happens to be a superhero in real life. There's so much wisdom in this. There's so much fun in this. We talk about um, the our show Accused uh, that is out now on Fox next days on Hulu. So we decided to break this episode into two parts. So this is going to be another brilliant conversation with Michael Chiklis. It's, you know me, I jump all over the place so much you will not be confused about where we are. <laughs> These conversations to me are ultimately like music. Like we're a band. I always want to be the drummer. Right. It's sure. just whole, then you're the and lead then singer. I'm a drummer, so I I dig that. One Absolutely. of my favorite specials ever is by Fred Armisen. It's called Comedy for Drummers. Have you seen it? It's no. a special where Fred Armisen, the genius That's Fred so Armisen, cool. He's he was, a genius. He yeah. does comedy just making fun of like, and this is how these drummers like he just makes fun of drumming. It's, sure. Even if you aren't a drummer, it's the funniest thing ever. Dave Grohl was on the podcast. He was my second podcast. Um, oh, Grohl's and he, heavy duty. He, the greatest. The greatest. The, uh, legend. Um, and totally. so I want to go back to these people that troll us. Because I have now, I used to have a really adversarial relationship with them. Now I understand what's happening because I believe that everything, please, I'm happy to be wrong. Comics, we're idiots. We're dangerous people. We like, like, don't, What? I'm joking. Okay. It's this. <laughs> people now look to comedians as if we're these like moral leaders because right. politicians right. are such trash right. now and journalists are now so scary. And we now know that they, that journalists work for vested interest companies and, Saudi, okay, it's just people now are like, I don't, they, people don't trust me. At them. least the perception is you're uncorrupted. But that, they look to us like- coming from a real place. We have Tourette's and we tell the truth <laughs> that we see. We see what we, we're the ones that go, yeah. burr, 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 this yeah. doesn't add up. Not my job to solve it, but this is weird. Burr, 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 burr. Like, see, that's what, that's where I'm not a standup. That's where, that that's a, something that separates you and I. If you read my Twitter, uh, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, Bio. Uh, no, no, no. The, the, Tweets. The, no, the unsent ones, the drafts. The drafts. Uh, uh, I'm so I, I'm proud 
of all the tweets I have not tweeted. That puppy thing might like because important to send, but I, I think I have had restraint and gone. Smart. Nope. I write it and, and I go. What? Nope. And can you know? Can I tell you <laughs> don't what that do is? do it. Can I tell you what this is? Darwinism, because all the actors who sent it can't work anymore. Or you know what I mean? So Dar the people with I believe that right now Darwin whatever, or whatever you believe, um, the evolution right now the survival of the fittest are the people with the most restraint, right? And the people without restraint that that succumb to their feelings instead of facts are the ones that are going to be the weakest and they're going to lose the most and they're not going to eat as much. You know, well, I'm a person, too. And you react to some things that you read and you want to just immediately jump on it. I can't tell you how many times I've done that and gone like, no, no, don't send it. Uh, I'm, I'm being. Can I can I do a, like a bit I'm working on with you? And it's not a bit. It's just a it's just you brought up misinformation because I think that right now our big thing is like, I can't trust this. This is misinformation. Hot take. It's a generalization. We're in comedy time. So this is, let's say it's 200 years ago, okay? All right. You are on your horse with your family on a wagon, Oregon Trail. Okay. Okay? Let's say we're in like... Uh, There's gold in them Nile Hills. We're, we're, gold, we're gold diggers. <laughs> okay? Right. You know I have a thing. Men were the original gold diggers. The reason we have to gold dig today, men, is because you guys took it all. <laughs> you actually go. I would love to go dig not my no, own gold. Not it, no. But it's there's none left. So I'd love to go manually get it from the mountain, but you guys took it all. Uh-huh. And then and sure. then you were like, want some of my gold, young lady that's yes. out of my league? And we were like, yeah. sure. How else am I gonna anyway? So it's let's say we're in like um Virginia, mid middle Virginia. So you're on your horse with your family on a wagon. Uh-huh. Right? And I'm with, you know, me and a, I don't really, I've got, I'm pregnant, whatever. Who cares? I'm a guy too also, by the way. Men can be pregnant now. Isn't that the new thing I have to believe? Um, and so uh, I have to pretend to understand, even though no one can explain it to me. Yeah. Um, uh, so I see you like a uh, hundred yards away. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't have phones. We don't have, we might no. have some of these. I see you right. and I'm like. Okay, friend or foe, friend or foe. I see a woman there, right? Okay, this guy's scary as shit, but he's got a woman and kids, so he's not gonna... Okay, this looks good. <laughs> Excuse me, sir? Okay. Yeah? <laughs> what can I do for you? <laughs> Hold on. You cool? Good, good person or murdery? Do you want to murder me? I don't... don't. See the need. Uh, oh, cool, cool. Can I come over there, a, like a little closer? Sure. Thank you. Sure. So. Uh, uh, Four minutes later. Yeah. Hey, not too close though, because right. I don't fucking know who's in your wagon. I don't, because yeah. the exact person I'm, that might I'm, kill. I'm Jebediah. Okay, Jab Okay, so good. <laughs> hey, about this. I don't know my name. My parents. My mom died in childbirth, and someone found me. Well. So what do you think? My. Do you know my name? I Have think you... we'll call you Purdy. <laughs> Purdy, thank you. Have you heard of me? We're okay. No. No. Okay, cool. So I'm just I'm on my own journey trying to figure out who I am, but that's another thing for another day. Where the fuck are you going with this? Uh, I just <laughs> I just am curious, sir. Um, do you, have you heard anything just in, about anything like that's going on? A couple of things. Because um... I see your wagon, and you seem to have some new techno, uh, like new thing, like. Let well, me, can I ask you a question? Do you know any new intel on the berry front? Because I've heard, I think the red ones are no good. Forgive me? 
this is how news was shared at that right you know what i mean sure. like so bear like i'm just you would have to just ask as many questions as you could to any person that was close by and try yeah. to get so bear i i think well the the, the 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 fox news of the renaissance for example interesting was the theater interesting fascinating right i you know i i'm not a conspiracy theorist but there is one thing i absolutely am an oxfordian i don't know if you know what that is i don't one who believes that edward de vere 17th earl of oxford wrote the plays traditionally attributed to william shakespeare Correct. oh i'm not too Oh, really? I'm 100% that. Well, he uh, he's the author. And, Him and his and girlfriends. I could go through very quickly why I believe this. It, it's true. It's just true. There's true. no need to. It's true. Well, if you feel that the, it's true. It's not that I feel that it's true, that there's not only evidence, but the, 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 the most compelling bit of evidence is it was threefold. Ready? Very quickly. First of all, it was thought beneath a... Uh, a Royals uh, station in life to be a lowly writer of plays. Now that doesn't seem like a big deal in modernity, but that was a real thing back then. Secondly, uh, very importantly, um, he wrote, Shakespeare uh, wrote the histories, right? That's right. Uh, like Richard III. Mm -hmm. These were love letters to the house of Tudor, Elizabeth's house. And whoever wrote those plays and whose name was on those plays, would have been the first. Remember, we lived at the time uh, Elizabeth reigned as a Protestant queen in England, was surrounded by Catholicism, and the Catholics wanted her dead for the entire fifty plus years of her of her reign. So, whoever wrote those plays would be among the first people that they went and beheaded and put their head on a pike uh, on uh, you know uh, London Bridge. So he wouldn't want his names on those plays. So it was political. But a third, and this was the most compelling and made me understand absolutely that Devere wrote the plays, mm -hmm. um, was if you gave me a folio of a, a Eugene O'Neill play or a, or a Tennessee Williams play that didn't have his name on it, that was just found in a closet somewhere, mm -hmm. I'd read three paragraphs of that play and go, oh, this is this is O'Neill. Because mm -hmm. playwrights have very specific voices. Always. You know the voice of Tennessee Williams. It's so specific. I go, oh, this is Williams or someone doing a damn good imitation. Mm -hmm. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Are we to believe that the greatest writer in the history of the English language, Shakespeare, never wrote a, a letter to anyone? There's only three documents with his handwriting on it, and it's written like a fourth grader. Um, but Edward de Vere, when you read his letters to Queen Elizabeth and others, the, it leaps off the page that that's the voice. That's the voice of Shakespeare. Many books have been written. Bacon is Shakespeare. Marlowe is Shakespeare. As a reader of plays, as an actor, I've read a million plays. I've never read any of those people's work and gone, ah, that's the voice of Shakespeare. That's but when why you I read said de Vere, 
It's him. That's why I said it doesn't, is it, because you're the most qualified for this because you've read it. It, it doesn't feel true. It doesn't it's feel right, true when true. you're reading it. And I've always thought with Shakespeare as someone who is like, I can barely pronounce iambic pentameter. I mean, I just am like all these plays. And also I've always wondered, I've, I've always been like, okay, if someone that is so low class, okay, Shakespeare, this guy, right? Just the, you know. Fourth grade education. How could he write like this, number one, this prolifically at a time where there weren't computers or even typewriters, right? With a quill pen, where why did he have this ability to write in this sophisticated a way? Why would he know this much about power? Because all these are about power. He'd have to know five languages. He'd know know law intimately. He'd know the continent of Europe. How could he know any of these things? You can't learn by osmosis. I couldn't do this. I couldn't write all this, right? Without the knowledge base. And he wouldn't be privy to it. The life expectancy back then was what? 42. Okay, if you're lucky. And then why would any publishing house publish works that were this clear about uh, what happens at the ascent of power? What, What, Like, why would anyone want to publish that if it was some poor idiot? Why would they want to give, you know what I mean? It doesn't. He was, they gentrified him. They, he didn't have a coat of arms. He was from, he was a country bumpkin. Mm-hmm. He came from Stratford, a three days ride north of. Upon uh, Avon. Uh, I've been there. And, he, you know, I mean, at that time, that was a hell of a, uh, of a stretch to get mm-hmm. to London. Shows up at 18 years old and embarks on writing the greatest canon in let's the history say he did of the English it. language. Let's say he did write it. He didn't. Okay, but 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 just so for people who this but let's is, say he did write it. How process of elimination? How let's say he brings his stack of the thing to a publisher, right? He has he's poor. He's from he's a bumpkin or whatever it is. Let's say the, let's say if you want his biggest s- role was that of the the uh, Hamlet's dead father in Hamlet. If I'm a publisher as an actor and this young guy who's 18 writes the best uh, uh, writing I've ever, anyone's ever read, right at the time, I'd go. Thank you, sir. Why do we need you? Get the fuck out of here, or I'll <laughs> oh, kill you. Wow, wow. There's Why that. would they say, Never "Oh, come, that way, come in, yeah, sir. But... We're going to give you credit and make sure you get the credit you deserve." Get the fu- that happened all the time. My uncle—I'm not saying my uncle's the Shakespeare of horse carriages, but my uncle—I'm sorry, my great great uncle, which is why the horse carriage business. I just I I you know you you said before you get emotional when you feel certain things or hear certain things on a set or whatever it is like when I hear horse carriages in New York I cry for days like for days it's like an ancestral guilt it's like an inherited like there's so much evidence now of the epigenetic imprinting of like you know uh basically the when your ancestors were stressed out about something and it prints on your DNA so say that word again I'm an English major I never heard that word epigenetic imprinting tell me that so epigenetic imprinting is essentially when um, the stress hormones that are emitted mm-hmm. in like the mother's womb. So let's say, let's just start with that. Okay. In utero. So anything, so, and let me start by saying this because epigenetic I, imprinting. So I, I want to get the, it right. The reason I'm pivoting is because I think I've learned how you think and I want to, uh, describe it in an order that I think would make sense to your brain because okay. I'm learning, which is, um, so babies are scared of photos of spiders, even though they don't know what a spider is. Okay. Is number, that right? Mm-hmm, and snakes huh. and stuff. And number two, so mice in cages, I mean, don't love animal testing, but here we are. So mice in cages, when, uh, a mouse is electrocuted. Every time it smells a cherry blossom, right? It's offspring. When the offspring smells a cherry blossom, it will run to the other end of the cage and be. But 
it can't tell you why. Is that true? Mm-hmm. So phobias. You know, some people have a fear of heights. Some people have a fear of irrational fear, let's call it. Your fear is not irrational. I mean, someone in your ancestry had a bad experience with it. So if someone's like... And you're able... Genetically, that's imprinted... So, so do you know people that are like terrified of heights? I'm one of them sometimes. So that's from a genetic imprint? I mean, what are the chances that one of your ancestors if, didn't fall, fall off, a, off cliff a cliff and then gave you huh. the inherited fear because before airplanes and stuff, you were never going well, anywhere. And, uh, hold on. Just so I'm clear. Yes, sir. And without imparting it verbally or through storytelling, just... By virtue of the, this is you are my daughter, mm-hmm. and I, and my ancestor fell off a cliff to his or her death. You have that imprint because epigenetic there were imprint. never there was no huh. chance back when the brain never heard of when the brain was developed uh, and all of these survival mechanisms were developed. You know what this speaks to to me. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to say that our brains didn't know airplanes were coming. So they went, we need to keep everyone that is spawned from here scared of the threats in this area because these are the only threats that they're going to need to worry about because we don't know about planes See, yet. I'm back to Socrates. We don't know shit. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? But uh, we can put clues together. You know what I mean? The reason I say this is I've, I, I'm nearly 60. I've never heard of what you're talking it's about. All I'm a pretty yeah. well-read person. I've never heard of that. So epigenetic imprinting. So let me tell you the Never one heard thing. of it. Sure. So and, I made And that's fascinating to me. I despise magic. Do you want me to pay you to trick me? Hard pass. Okay. However, Magic Spoon cereal is my favorite cereal. Magic Men, no thank you. Magic Spoons, add to cart all day long. Look how clean and clear this is. Zero sugar, five net carbs, that's it. 13 grams of protein, grain-free, gluten-free, and then look at the puzzle on the back. Plus, it's only 140 calories a serving. It's like there's magic in every spoonful, but not the creepy magic that guys do to you and then charge. <laughs> with over eight unique flavors, you won't get bored of feeling good with Magic Spoon. Head to magicspoon.com Whitney to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try the magic for yourself. And be sure to use promo code Whitney at checkout to save five dollars off your first order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com Whitney and use the code Whitney to save five dollars off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode and keeping my belly a happy happy little belly so my second special i talked about a book called the female brain which again as you said all all science is practice all science is all science is based on the study right and the study is composed of people that signed up for a study for 50 dollars cash that's how i made money when i first moved to la i signed up for studies and i lied and said i had this and i lied you know you've seen focus groups they'll say do you like this character and they're like uh, yeah, but did you like the fact that he abandoned his kid? And they're like, not as well. You can't ask leading questions to people that need 50 bucks cash. They just need, they're not trying huh. to, they're not trying to help you make your show better. They're just like, they're like, I loved the show. It was great. I need 50 bucks. Now you're asking me 120 questions. Like, it seems like you want me to say, I don't like whatever I need to do to get out of here and then be on your mailing list and have you call me back next time because I'm going to need that 50 bucks again next time. You know what I mean? So it's like, sure. as you said, humans are human, right? Primal so, drive. So because both my parents had strokes, I grew up with migraines, the whole thing. I got obsessed with neuroscience, right? Because I'm in hospitals at 25 years old and, and doctors are saying, he has a frontal lobe on the, this bleed and we need to do this right now. Do we have approval? And I'm like, I don't know what any of these words mean. And I don't know what a hippocampus is. And I don't know what an amygdala is. And I don't know what a... 
And I, I have to learn now. I can tell you a great deal about the heart because my father had a, a near fatal massive coronary when I was 14 years old. Fascinating. And I saved him by throwing him over my shoulder and running him down uh, the Boston Pier where there was a, uh, because it was an event, there was a, you know how at, at public events there's a ambulance standing by? I ran him right into the ambulance. They gave him the paddles. They got brought him back. So... Uh, the his real life superhero. His, no, but his heart guy, this wonderful guy at Mass General Hospital, had me subscribe to the New England Journal of Medicine because he's like, if you understand what's the what's the what the problem is, it'll empower you and you won't be afraid. So I learned everything I could about the heart at that time, and it, I, so that's what it, where I'm relating to what I you're love talking that, about, which is also so. <clears throat> To me, I want I don't want to say ironic because that word has been so overused, but think about it. You're also someone that for a living listens to your heart and uses your heart. You know, I just that chicken and egg of like your instincts well, got you. You know what? One thing that happened to me from that that was very strange, and I, I can't believe I'm sharing this. You're really delving into areas that I've never talked about publicly ever. Uh, the it's always the right time deal. Hey, wanna go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. I, uh, after that experience, um, I went through, it was very traumatizing. My father was electrocuted. It created a, a, an arrhythmia problem. Mm -hmm. So when we were, um, uh, my mother was into horticulture and she belonged to the Boston Flower Show for a while so that she had this, mm. this floral uh, show on the Boston Pier. And while they were, we were setting up her, her exhibition, whatever you want to call it, we were offloading wood chips that she was going to make her presentation on and people were doing this all the way down the pier, right? And I heard a, a groan and, a, and I looked up and my father was falling down and he had flatlined, he had, his heart had stopped. And it was because of this arrhythmia problem that he had. And um, so he was brought back and he lived through that experience and it traumatized me. And for a period of time after that happened, I was having night terrors and becoming convinced that I had murdered someone and brought them up into my attic. I don't know how that worked psychologically, how I made that that leap in my Because never had you my... not saved his life, you would have lived with the guilt of well, thinking I remember it my was... father bringing me up to the attic and, and I, me being terrified, like I was 14 years old. I'm like, don't go up there, don't go up, I'm freaking out. And he went and looked um, and there's no one here, there's nothing here. And I went and I looked like a like a horror movie and there was no one there. And I was like, I had, it's amazing how the mind can convince you of things, particularly through trauma, you know, that you can't believe it. I feel like I'm in a, in a therapy session. But I've, never, I've gets, never talked about that. But then ever. also you, <laughs> you would have lived the, in, because not everyone is fight. I'm fight. Most people are freeze. Okay. Most people are freeze. They think they're at least at that young of an age. So you can be fight when you're 18 and have been fucking beat up and had priests touch you weird and you're going to be fight, but that's not inherently fight, right? A six year old, 
being no, five. I was fourteen. You were fourteen. I'm sorry. Okay, fifty. A fourteen year old going. That's my. That's my problem to solve. Instead of someone help, you went. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. This is. This is my. This is my moment. Like no one else is gonna know what to do. And you knew on an inherent level. I mean, these are warriors. This is like your ancestry probably goes back to like true warrior, like chiefs. I well, in no, Greece, I, I, know I know that Greece. about Greece, but I. I, I kind of know because i we were spartan that's why that's why that's what it was (laughs) that's what that was uh... that was a real life spartan race in boston when you were you know what i mean and i'm obsessed that when our ancestry comes out and takes over because that's not that wasn't a conscious choice i mean maybe it was a conscious choice in that moment no i just did so there was no thought the one thing i'll say about that (laughs) you telling this story is just like thank you first of all because I think it took me so long to even remember a lot of my childhood. Because when you had a lot of trauma, your brain doesn't even, when your amygdala is active. Yeah, you blot it out. You just, or you, know, you, you just, you look to the future, you look away from it, you look to what feels healing and better. And then I think I, for me, I come from such a neuroscience perspective because when adrenaline is emitted from uh, the amygdala, which is when, when adrenaline's emitted and you've been essentially, I would say the quintessential number one guy that Hollywood goes to when you need the hero, the real hero, not the like 22 year old fake. It's fine. They're fine. But like the guy that when he shows up, everyone's like, we're following that guy. Like, that's the guy, you know, the guy that when you walk in a room, everyone's like, I've seen it. I've seen you walk. I've, I watched you. I've watched you at upfronts before. Like I've been watching you on camera, but also off camera. Should I be nervous? Whatever room you walk into, <laughs> you are the alpha, right? Everyone shuts the fuck up. Everyone that's being loud, all these young actors with all this money that are taking selfies, you walk in a room and everyone's like, like, that's respect. It's a really hard thing to earn. And it's not something that you can demand by yelling because the alpha sleeps, right? The alpha doesn't yell. The alpha doesn't need to raise their voice. But so, so She's a, you know, that's funny because, you know, my, my, my wife and my children talk about this and, uh, you know. I don't know why I feel so uncomfortable hearing that said. Uh, um, uh, you know what? I'll stop saying it. I'm sorry. No, it's only, it's okay. It's not fair. It's not a fair no, thing because, to put on you. No, it's just that I, I it's not that anything I've ever tried. That's why. But this is why, do. this is why I think this conversation is important because young men and young women right now, they're like, I want to be in charge. I don't want to fucking tell everyone to fucking respect me and showing that true alphas, you don't, try to do it that's the whole deal you should feel uncomfortable talking in front of people that's a healthy norm you should feel uncomfortable being in charge you're like why am i the one that has to be in charge i know the least so the people that think that way that are not um starting businesses uh running for office because they have your those i just want to always give people permission to go like the real superheroes are uncomfortable being superheroes and that's normal the ones are like i'm a fucking superhero and i'm fucking this and i'm running for office and i'm number one like, you don't have to act like that in order to be qualified. They just kind of gaslit us into uh, uh, tricking us into thinking they were qualified because none of the, no, no normal no, people want to do I was just always it. raised that, that you don't self-aggrandize and like that. you don't that. get points for, it's the least you can do. You do you know, I say my, do- my dad's life. Because yeah. you, it, it, your friends will make fun of you. Go, oh, big well, hero that, Not just about your friends, yeah. but true. But you know, you're just not supposed to do it. So real quick, so for me, I tour all around the country. It took me a while to like kind of figure this out um, that I had to say it. You know, we have someone here that is, you know, from our studio that has to be here, where I always have to say to people, they go, "You are so nice," and I'm like, "I'm not." Everyone else has just been really inappropriate, and I'm so sorry. And I'm doing the least I can. This is this is the bare minimum. 
and I know that I, I, I you think I'm really nice, but I'm I'm just this is basic respect, and I'm so sorry that way that that your bar is so low. Well, we had a word for people that did what you're talking about. Blowhard. <laughs> yes. It's a fucking blowhard if you're all just talking shit about yourself and yeah. what, who you're you are and what you could do. That's and, correct. That's I correct. Like, hey, man, a little humility. And here's my thing with me and you. I think we're similar. I don't want anything I don't deserve. I don't want credit for anything I don't deserve. I don't want to be thanked for something that you shouldn't be thanking me for. No. Like, I, you know, I, so... If I may, just really quick, because I'm not sure I totally, um, the, the neuroscience of epigenetic imprinting is actually quite new, but for me, it was a breakthrough. I'm sorry, say the word again. The epigen, sorry. Epi it's, by the way, also scientists, I wanna, I you don't need to name it this shit. You don't need to no, name it this shit. No, but I want to put it in my head. E Epigenero? But it's, I think your brain's resisting it a tiny bit, because you're like, I'm not sure if this is something I need to remember yet. Can I tell you what it no, is? No, no, I, I, I want to But if I tell it. you what it is, I yeah. think your brain's going to want to remember it. So, so can I tell you the name of it again after? Okay. Because then, because I think our brains, when they resist learning something, if they're not but sure. I think I have it now. It's epigenetic imprinting. I mean, genetic, because it's about uh, how we essentially get copies of our genes, not just physically. You know, if your dad had blue eyes and whatever, right. broad shoulders, great. But, but you also, mentally, but, but you also but inherited emotionally. genetics of his experience and his huh. fears, the things he was afraid of. Right? Now, is the, is there empirical evidence that supports that? Is that true? Can or I is that a theory? Sure. So let me tell you one thing that there is empirical evidence on. Um, the, number one, all the generations of uh, animal testing of things that ancestors were traumatized by, offspring was scared of without the trauma, just by the olfactory smells, the optical stimulation, or the physical uh, uh, suggestion of a threat or similar situation, right? So that's why EMDR, which was developed, uh, eye movement reprogramming and desensitization. That's fucking crazy. So I mean, I that's amazing. So that's what EMDR is. So when men come back from war, they do EMDR to deprogram the association of like, you drank Coca-Cola every day when you were in Vietnam, okay? Now when you come home and see a Coca-Cola, you're like anxious and you kind of don't know why. Sure, it's not the caffeine. <laughs> Sorry, and that's the sugar. a bad joke. But I said he Sorry. saw it. He didn't drink it yet. He <laughs> saw it. He drank it. That's a whole other story. That's... You know what I mean? So it's like, cause you know, so Holy or shit. was it the word coke? Yeah, but or... that, but that, that's fascinating. The well, idea that you leave an imprint on someone's uh, emotionally. But you, you got to, you got to through your genetics, it. through so, your bloodline. How about this? So Crazy. in utero. Um, women that were any, uh, we talk about uh, drugs as if them only being external, right? Heroin, crack, opioids, whatever. Right. We put them in our bloodstream. And if you're on crack while you're pregnant with their baby, your baby will be born addicted to crack, right? That's our crack. I, I, you know, I grew up a lot in D.C. when Marion Barry was mayor. He did crack. We reelected him. That's how we fucking roll in D.C. when we vote. So, but that Lisa was- Lisa Ann Walters from- uh... From my friend Lisa Ann Walter. Oh, gee. Oh, wow. That's wild. Great, great stand up, uh, but also um, actress. Phenomenal. But, but lives in New York. No, she's here. She's here. She's now. from DC originally, but I... she's, she's in Sherman Oaks as well. She's on uh, Abbott Elementary. Just was at the Golden Oh, that's last right. Night. That's right. The Redhead. Yeah. Uh, it drives me nuts that she's phenomenal. Legends talented. are on all these amazing, like Al Abbott is one of the biggest shows right now, but yeah. I just saw Holly Hunter on some show on NBC that got canceled, and I was like, all right, you just did I that to Holly, Holly Hunter, friend, yeah. and I'm you better pay her for that a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, Holly's a friend of mine. She's the I mean, she's I'm so obsessed with national her. treasure. I do, truly, 
Yeah. One of our crown jewels, but she's yeah. not out there on Twitter. Like, you know, the great, the, the ones with all the integrity that I think America needs to know exist out here are not the ones that are going to be like, hey, stay in your houses, guys. It's a pandemic. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, because uh -huh. we're the kind of people that know that some people live in apartments with three generations of their family and they can't, they can't. They have to go work at the grocery store where Hollywood people get, have someone else get their Have groceries. you ever had, speaking of neurology, have you ever had, uh, T tests run on you because mm -hmm. you have one of the fastest brains I've ever sat in front of. I mean, your mind just goes. I'm just going to say this not because you're here and not at all teasing, and I can cut it later if you want, um, The uh, the this show and how gnarly and fearless Howard Gordon is for doing this. Like, I could, yeah. like, my man, and you are for doing this, and I'm not going to say anything about the... Um, uh, uh, plot of this episode, but I have three nieces that live in England and I went to get them uh, backpacks for Christmas online. And I, of course, only buy on Etsy. We don't buy on Amazon. We buy on Etsy, women owned, mom owned, native owned, whatever. Um, and, but, you know, ads. I'm extremely proud of the one I directed. And Can't that's wait. from, in terms of subject matter. Can't wait. You will, you, it will be very, powerful and pertinent can't wait and by the way you know we all just have to be prepared for all the feelings that are going to come at us yeah because they're not personal everyone's in a lot of pain and we are showing something that is so unbiased and such a rorschach test so the feelings people have going she was an asshole or for me i worked so hard with sonny hoffman uh you know and uh and howard gordon to go i want to make sure the character i'm playing is kind of cringe Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get a creamy Oreo frappe or McCafe smoothie for less with 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like she has to be the imperfect victim. My ego wants me to be like so likable, so that all. I thought that was one of the stunning things about it is that I don't want people an like innately her. like human, a mess. imperfect, a mess. I love that about the performance. I love that she's the I kind did. of person that after it's a person she's the kind of person that after Michael Chiklis said I love puppies would go well. What kind of she's that. Because yeah. she can't calibrate her emotions. Because you, when you were come through the foster care system or were traumatized as a child, you don't build the neural pathways to connect your frontal lobe to your amygdala. And your frontal lobe is what says, you don't need to worry about this, right? Reason, 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 right? And the amygdala, it connects to the amygdala going, oh, you don't need to panic anymore. We don't need the adrenaline. We're safe. So you don't have the system, the brain system. I hope I'm explaining this clearly because I feel a lot of pressure to not let down um, Howard Gordon uh, here or you or waste your time. But trauma survivors lack the ability to calm themselves down, right? And the more people tell them to calm down, the worse it gets because yeah. who else told them to calm yeah. down? That right. weirdo that for some reason babysat them because we didn't do background checks back then on babysitters. <laughs> the way we had babysitters were this was our qualifications. Do they live in the neighborhood? Jesus <laughs> you know, the kid, the 13-year-old wow. boy is your babysitter. You're like, cool. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Everyone is just doing what they were programmed to do. And maybe that's my religion is kind of like being able to forgive people and instead just go, let's explore their ancestral trauma and the epigenetics and what we call the internal drug cabinet. You can get high 
with no drugs, adrenaline, cortisol, adrenaline turns into dopamine, right? So we've heard about adrenaline addicts, people that like want to ride motorcycles, sure, and da, da, sure. da, da. those people, the only time I really get mad at them is I go, you have parents and you're scaring them. Stop. Wait till they're dead to ride your motorcycle. Right. Because if you die on the motorcycle, you're ruining your parents' <laughs> life. So wait till they're dead. And then you can do whatever you want with your body as long as you don't have kids, mm -hmm. right? So epigenetic infringing. So um, when the mother who is pregnant is stressed out, right? We produce When anyone's stressed out, they produce cortisol and adrenaline, right? right. So when she is stressed out, it is going to obviously go through her blood. The adrenaline cortisol will go into the blood of the baby, and the baby is born addicted to adrenaline. So I identify as someone that was born addicted to adrenaline, Right. No, my mom wasn't doing drugs. She wasn't, she was probably drinking. All of our moms were. And it wasn't that bad. We have placentas. It's fine. So the placenta's job is to catch poison. So if a pregnant woman has a glass of wine, it's kind of fine. Just leave her alone. You yelling at her about it is what's actually going to be the problem, you know? I think I think on some level, like, that's just gotten, um, that's where people get confused. They want to be in this black or white thinking, right? Meds, right? meds don't work for everyone the same way. If they work at all, usually a lot of the impact is from the placebo. Who cares? So I was born addicted to adrenaline the same way if my mom had been doing crack, I would have been addicted to crack, right? So I subconsciously my whole life have looked, put myself in dramatic situations. You know, those people that are always just dating the guy that's a mess, that always has a flat tire, that all leaves their, I mean. The, are you saying that that's epigenetic? That well, that's something that's imprinted? Nature and nurture. So if okay, you have the nature. Okay, combination. So the nurture Because that's, that's what I was going to bring up both. is that this is. A little bit about the nature and nurture uh, argument, and I've always personally thought it was it, it's both. I like um, uh, something... with the way people's behavior is is not just dictated by one or the other. I think that environment has a lot to do. And then I was born you know, to parents that had the same thing. They weren't. They didn't actively deprogram. You can have a propensity towards something. Some particular and then, set of behaviors and then birth order really matters you know what oh, whether you're the oldest or the sure your ancestry or, but i like sure. to say um this helped me even though it's kind of a reductionist like platitude fine that uh genetics loads the gun environment pulls the trigger huh you know what i mean so it's like well, a little bit of both. way to put it but because I, I mean that's a I mean, it, it, that, that, that's a negative connotation, but it could also be very positive. But I think that I know with all the coping mechanisms that I have and the anger that I saw and the way that I saw men and women treat each other and what I saw, if I didn't actively deprogram myself and change my blueprint and actively go out of my way to find data that challenges the data, because we all have a data set. So when someone says like, oh, you're, you think the puppies, you're a puppy from a puppy mill. All I get from that is you've had people in your life or you bought from a puppy mill probably and you feel bad because my main thing I say behind you, don't ride elephants. At the end of every episode, I say, don't ride elephants. I did it in Thailand and I feel guilty. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, uh, I, I, not to blow smoke up your ass, but to 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 uh, uh, Piggyback off of something that you said, you just mentioned something about coping mechanisms, and, and it's something that I've talked about with regard to acting uh, for many, many years. Right, right. And it's inherent in your performance in, the, in this episode of Accused uh, that a lot of actors fail to, to bring to their work. Um, people cope. People have coping mechanisms. And oftentimes people play whatever the, 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 the obstacle or the, the problem that the that the the character is is encountering on the surface level and that you never see sort of the nuance and the subtlety of someone 
coping with uh, with, with whatever the issue in is. In ways that are ugly because it's in private. Absolutely. So I had to cope in, with this character. And, and, she had to cope in private, and that's embarrassing. And I see that in the performance, and that's that's a sort of an emotional intelligence and and, a, and an emotional uh, 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 nuance that I I rarely see actors bring, and that's really to me something that's really clicks you into a different stratum, as far as I'm concerned. Just so you know, that is, um, I'm gonna receive that because that would be rude not to, um, but I'll process it when I can. Um, I'm going to say something that's just, I think if you're going to take on a part like this, okay, because I said to Howard Gordon, I was like, I need, I have a lot of questions. It is my, uh, this is the most surreal phone call I've ever gotten, is Howard Gordon's just like offering you this job. And we kind of wrote it with you in mind. And I'm going, okay, this is a tremendous amount of pressure. But guess what? I'm not going to embarrass you. Okay, and you're you're putting your trust in me, so I need to ask some questions at the risk of seeming difficult and crazy. The good news is people already think women with opinions are crazy, so I don't have a ton to lose, right? So there's a great freedom that comes with people already thinking you're crazy. Um, I said uh, I need to understand a little bit about the crew and the hiring process, and I need to know that everyone will be okay if I don't make friends with everyone on set, because if I because my in I walk on a set. Incidentally, world class crew on that. By the way, right? Didn't you think beyond, so? Beyond the, by the way, world class crew, not only because of their competence, but also I think on some level, part of the reason I started writing TV shows and really enjoying it, even though it can be really thankless and really painful and really embarrassing, is because it's a way that you get to have a family, like almost instantly. They are paid to be there. That's embarrassing. And you write, I got to write. I got to write. But it's very much a family. And I didn't get to have kind of that, like, consistent family. So when I walk into a set, I'm like, hi, nice to meet you. We get to hang out together for three months. And like, yeah, right, and we're going to yeah, be yeah. thick as thieves, like, forever. So the people that I've worked with on crews, like, they're, like, still to this day. Well, I love. Okay? Don't care if they're the sound guy, man. the best. It doesn't yeah. matter. Those are instant family. Actors, I'm like, mm, I don't know. You're really good at lying. So I'm going to... It's going to take a while for me to trust you. Like actor, like we're kind of professional. We can professionally, the better an actor, the more you have to be like, let me spend some time with you outside of here and see. Like I've, I need to learn more about you because sure, you're you so mean. good at convincing sure. people you're this person. Like I just, I've been burned so many times by that, that actors that didn't stop acting when someone called action, <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's their coping mechanism, right? So I just needed to know. Howard, like I, like I, and I didn't even say this to him, but I'm gonna want to impress you, and I'm gonna want you to like me, and I'm gonna have to delay the gratification of being like the best um, girl yeah, on the crew sure. that every and everyone knew. I mean, from the costumers to everyone, I think knew that like the 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 thing I was trying to do because I'm the first person. If you call me for a part, and it's like, I'm like, Michael, I think. I think Alison Brie might be better for this. Like, I will never take a part that if I know I think there's someone who'd do a better job. You know what I mean? I'm the, I, no, I'm that way too. Because everyone I've, I've fails. passed on things. And, you know, I was offered Monk several times. Oh, my God. And when they hired Tony Shalhoub, I was like, perfect. And, of course, he was perfect and won many Emmys. I don't know if he knows that, but that's true. I passed on that like three, four times. That is... It kept on coming back to me with it, and I'm like... I could play this in a film, but that you know, in in the context of a television series, that there has to be something innate about you that's that's right and true to the character, 
or or that you can sustain and live in and and they won't be emotionally certain, exhausting to maintain which is this yeah, character very very difficult it's, you know innately neurotic and and, and uh, you have to kind of be that guy yeah exactly you're not that guy you're and, like who gives a fuck up a germ right. it's good for your immune system <laughs> so who gives a shit everybody's gotta eat a cup of dirt yeah I just right. touched exactly. my dick didn't wash hands and I'm gonna wipe my face 100% so it, it also right? it and just, also there's something and it's one of my favorite shows Monk and Tony Schlipp's genius but genius. I also wouldn't be able to play that character without being kind of judgmental like dude the reason you wash your hands all the time that's why you're always fucking sick you're not weird but right, right? I don't yeah, if, you, yeah. but also this character you're playing and like accused like this is not sustainable you couldn't do it would be no it would be self-harm it'd be self-harm it would be difficult you know yeah but same with me and the character well i'd want i'd i'd start fighting it and totally and then i just well because i'm i'm not buttoned up like that emotionally Mm -hmm. this guy's very buttoned up he can't express himself never can express myself (laughs) this book is for your is your mom crossed over yeah, she has. She has? Okay, great. Has. So maybe this is a book that is just a gift for you to maybe understand her better. Uh, not that you don't understand her perfectly, but if she worked in flowers, this is about the um, uh, the Dutch uh, craze, which is also could be- Tulip mania? Of tulips. Oh, they I were obs- they were They became so obsessed with tulips the way we became obsessed with Beanie Babies. It was one of the first like economic my, booms. My mother was a, a, a truly exceptional person because she studied opera. She was, a, you know, she was from Lynn, Massachusetts, which- uh, there's the, a limerick about it. But what what's the the California version of like what city? Lynn. Uh, I don't know that there is one that like I know. Santa Clarita. Working class. Working class. Santa Clarita. Work like blue, blue collar. Like um, she maybe was the Oxnard. Oldest, maybe she was Oxnard. the oldest of eight. Wow. <sighs> you know. Uh, Michael Patrick King. Yeah. Greek or, and Irish youngest, family. Yeah. Uh, very uh, abject poverty growing up. Oldest you know, of eight, which means she had to raise them all. Yeah, that's right. And and it's led, I think, partly to her Alzheimer's was the death of two of her siblings before her because it crushed her. The fact that she, she didn't jump off a bridge is just makes her a hero. It took her. She felt somehow responsible, even though, you know, like my uncle Peter died of Agent Orange poisoning from when he was in the Navy. I Do you mean, remember the book Where the Red Fern Grows? I Where it was two dogs. Book. And one of them died, and the other died. On you can die. Uh-huh. Of a, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, die yes, of a yeah. broken heart. You can. Yes, yes. There's proof now that you actually the amount of adrenaline. See, now I'm gonna get emotional. Um, yes, you can. Because you're, because you know what, you're hangry. <laughs> Let's get him some food. He's gonna start. Crying. Well, no, it's just you know, I, I just know this of my mother. I think that uh, I think a broken heart absolutely took my mother. You die of a broken heart. My my dad, it's funny because it's not funny, but when I, when people die in my family, we say what's the actual cause and what's the real cause. So my mom I think died of uh, embarrassment. Ultimately. Oh, wow. I think my grand uh, I think my grandfather died of embarrassment. He was a man that um you know, fought in World War II, um was a coal miner. Uh all the money that he made, thank you so much. All the money that he made, he um uh we can do. I'm gonna be a little bit sound guy with these. The keto. Okay, and I'll let you. I know. I turn into sound guy. I'm like, hold Sorry, for sound. I'm just, I'm hold just for play. Pull, no, I know. Yeah, Take your time. You're Michael right, Chiklis. You can do whatever the f you want. <laughs> the only trick of the keto Cheers. thing is it's not a ton of sugar, <laughs> but it's okay. it's got. Um, that's really Protein, good to me yeah. for sustaining um, energy. And then uh, my uh, grandfather, he uh, never let anyone help him, literally with anything, because why would he? Um, too much pride, and he 
fell off a tractor once. His intestines were cut out, drove himself to the hospital. I mean, I had my ear bitten off by a dog. I drove myself to the hospital. Like, that's just what we do in my family. But we don't die. We're cockroach motherfuckers. As soon as we, as soon as we get medical care or ask for help, that's when shit actually goes wrong. Just let me do it and we'll be fine. Let me hurt myself. Don't my help. My mother's father died in 95 only because at 94 he was run over by a car. So, someone else did it. He would have lived yeah. another 15 years. That motherfucker. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have fucked with him on a bet. When he was 88, I wouldn't have fucked with him. I mean, physically, he was just a monster. Do you realize that our life expectancy is going down? Our grandparents. You know, first time, yeah. yeah. And they're like, wait, but they only ate McDonald's and they only ate garbage. and Yeah, all these motherfuckers were embalmed by chemicals, My grandfather dude. worked in an abattoir. Yeah. So a my slaughterhouse because he had eight children. My grandfather was a coal miner. My grandfather was a coal mine in a coal mine, inhaling coal, right? <laughs> and he died, number one, because he married a younger woman who, when he had a heart attack, took his keys to the car. But number two, then got a, a, a vanity surgery on his knee. Uh, needle in his back paralyzed wow. him and as soon as hard guy as tough soon, guy as soon as they said we're going to put a catheter in he died 24 hours later he was like nope yeah like i'm not my kids aren't going to see this no you know yeah. so like i'm i'm fascinated by that so when i think we think about like is this true and science yes i i'd love to see proof you know but i think that there's stuff like we know i know he died that way even though the autopsy report would say uh, complications. So you're a really, really staunch believer in your own intuition and your own, and, and listening to what you because inherently feel to be true. Not feel. And you know why? It, like, like, because then if you have the ability to know what's true, you have the ability to go. I don't know. I don't know, and some, and I don't know the answer. Right. And so there's a lot. Then you have the intuition to go. I this feels right for now. In this moment, it could be my neurochemicals. And I, I, with my intuition, I go, I think this is true. But that being said, I haven't had breakfast. I had a problem when I was a younger man that I couldn't just say the words, I don't know. I have a whole, I wrote the book and, I wrote. And now I say it incessantly. That's what Because I really don't fucking know. I wrote I don't a book know. about it. I had to go to a program called Al-Anon to learn how to say I don't know. Because as a kid... I got want to be right, want to have the answers, want to, you know, I, I really, it was like a problem with me, like, especially college age and just after that, I don't know, I, maybe it was about being accepted or. But you know or, what, when you said you were, when you thought you were right or said you were right, I think you genuinely thought you were right. It's like the same thing with me and lying. If someone's lying to themselves, are they lying to you? You know what I mean? So it's like there's right. a lot of people that have lied to you. Because you're believing it. They, so and, really, I mean, it's your... Or they be, I don't think they think they're lying. I think they think that's the truth. Like I've had people that, right. that say, I love you. And I'm like, in my brain, I'm like, this person thinks they do. So they're not. And then I'm like, you lied to me and said you love me. No, you didn't. That was what you thought love was based on the blueprint you got. Right. Even I, though I know exactly what you mean. You know what I mean? So it wasn't a lie. Necessarily. I'm happy at this stage of my life to be able to really look at stuff and go, I don't know. I don't I, know. I, I by don't the way, know. by the way, why would I? All we do is say we have fake news. We can't trust the news. We can't trust this. And we go, but I know this. Like, how would you know then? Don't if we don't trust the news and everything's misinformation, right? So it's like, <laughs> it's so how could we? Ironic that with, with the, the here I am, the older, you, know, they, you hear these cliches. And and then they're we think they're cliches until yeah. we go, oh, that's what yeah. my grandfather meant. He was just talking to a 10-year-old. I was... I, as my dad would say, get the shit out of your ears, you know? Yeah. And I got confused, right? Imagine if your daughter said to you, you don't know. 
you'd be like, why would you? Whereas I thought the way to get my dad to love me was to know everything. And I got confused because he was so hardcore about academics because I think he had daughters and he was so scared because he was like, you know. With me, in my case, I think a lot of people have always looked at me as a leader, as an alpha, and I felt like I had to have the answer. Of course. The best advice I got, I think it was Jason Bateman said, even if you don't know, if someone comes up and says, hey, what colors should the couch be? If you're, if you, no, my favorite thing to do is go, I've hired the best person for this job, so what do you think it should be, right? I'm gonna empower you, and you probably know that gives me time to make up my mind because I don't know the answer. And then you say orange or blue, and I go, great, orange or blue. Um, I think blue, I think it should be blue. And then I'm going, I don't fucking know, I don't know, I don't know, hold on, hold on. And then I can always change my mind, but always be decisive even if you don't know so that everyone doesn't go, wait, this person doesn't know what they're doing. No one knows what they're doing. Like we're all on the fly. We have a plan, right? There's the uh, movie you write, the movie you make, uh, shoot, and then the movie you make. Like it's we're constantly, it's like, you know, what is it? Um, only 2% of football plays go according to plan. <laughs> but we have to have the plan. So mm -hmm. that we're not like, no one has a plan. No one gives you money to make things if you don't have the plan. And then you get on there. And, and yet, look at the miraculous shit that we do as human beings in this world. The engineering marbles. The things that we were able to accomplish. Kind of sometimes on the fly. The people that built bridges. I stare at bridges and I go, men built this. Yeah, right? Don't you? I do that. I, I spent so much time in New York City staring at the Brooklyn Bridge. How about this? Like, There's wow. people in some bridges. I know it in that bridge. Yeah. There's humans in it. Yeah. Do you think that person that day thought that was the plan? No. No. You know what I mean? Certainly not. No one wanted that to happen. Nope. You, no one. No yeah. one thought it'd be, they'd be, how do you make a bridge if the water's there? Like, I still can't, like, I am so humble by every, I don't even know how that screen, I don't even know Engineers how that's. Engineers blow my mind. I don't even know how that's on there. <laughs> Can I tell you something? The, Pixel. People that think they know anything, like, it's okay, that's your religion, okay? Everyone needs a religion, and I think the new Christianity or whatever is, I know everything about everything. It's just a different myth that you need to believe to do, we have, I've got really- My religion is curiosity. Correct. So terror management theory, I've gotten really obsessed, Ernest Becker, the worm at the core, about how humans were the only species of animal that knows they're gonna die, right? And our life expectancy is so long compared to most, you know, turtles, birds that we're just, we just know we're, and we know there's future pain. We know our parents are gonna die, we have kids, we know they're gonna die at one point, or they could get injured or get hurt, or be, uh, we, you know, so we're trying to manage our terror by, we like shields. Wait, hold on. What? I'm gonna give you the great Charles Chiklis is uh, my father. Let's go, his, his, let's his, channel one Charles. Of his, one of his greatest quotes. Listen to this, what my old man said to me. We're born, we live for a time, and we pass away. And it's that nagging fact that drives man to extremity. If we could only accept the nature of being a human being, we would have much more happy, fulfilled lives. That's an insane quote from a blue collar guy from Lowell, Massachusetts. Well, that's why I worked on it, Roseanne, just because we're poor doesn't mean we're stupid. Correct. He poor people know more. Poor basically, he understood that because we we're, we know we're mortal, we're afraid a lot. And we know the people we love are mortal. And it drives us batshit. Nuts. I have an argument. I, it's not an argument. Everything I do, you know, Neil Brennan had the amazing joke about um, 
every man, everything they do is to get laid, every inventor. He's like, Thomas Edison was sitting around being like, I gotta make a phone so I can call that girl. Or, <laughs> or like ben Benjamin Franklin was like, how do I impress that girl? I guess I'll make this big bell, I'll make a kite. Like you know, we're motivated by sex or love or money. You know, what is your engine, you know? And I think my biggest engine, I was also a night watcher. So I descend from the people in the tribe that were nocturnal. Oh, nocturnal. They stayed awake at night Man. to go like, everyone else is sleeping. What's that noise? I don't know about that. We're good. You know what I mean? And those people bred with those people and they become alive at night. And a lot of comedians are those people, the hypervigilant, super um, sensitive hearing because we evolved to have to hear a tiger from 50 miles away, you know, making a thing, right? And Share you, DNA with a deer. And I want to tell you something about this <laughs> thug that I'm that is in my home. Um, I was able to kind of ascertain, and I think you know this, that you descended. I didn't know you had Spartan ancestry, but he walked out on my deck and within four minutes, a hawk flew by and like basically landed on his shoulder. Well, landed on the tree above us, yeah. But that was you. It didn't land near me. It was, it was just like, my, my leader's here. What do you need from me? <laughs> and then I've, I've seen this, but it was when I was alone. It then dove down. And... To grab something. To grab something. I don't know An if animal. he got it or not, but he or she, I don't know. But I it, think the female hawks hunt, but it, maybe the males too. I, I'm I not sure of that. And we'll I'm a bit out. of a bird watcher, but uh, let's find out about that. Yeah. I don't know. That's going to drive me nuts. I know you take a lot of notes. Yeah. Do you want me to tell you what they are? It's a suicide note. Oh, sorry. Fuck. No, it's just reminders because I do know that I jump around a lot, and I do, and I think that because, because oh I, I see I because see because I know that humans are wired for completion. We'll keep watching a bad movie because we want to know how it ends, right? Yeah. And there's a couple of the threads that I feel like uh, I just wanted to close. Um, final thing, um, not final, but uh, you in this show. The one thing that I think I'd like to say, if I may, is um, I think that I had the privilege of watching you in this show, this is my projection, know what you had to do. And that is what you, you knew that when you were 14, when your dad, when that happened. And I feel like I got a glimpse maybe of that 14 year old hmm. man, because you probably became a man that day, <laughs> the day you saved your dad's life, right? They always say you're, you become a man the day you beat your dad in the sport he taught you, right? Or the day you beat him up, he right. hits you, you hit him back. Or the day you save his life, maybe, you know, maybe you were a man way before. You're probably a man at like four, actually, let's be honest, <laughs> you know? So your performance in, in this. In ways, I was a boy into deep into my 20s. In a way, maybe, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I was, I was very naive in a lot of ways. And it's a lot of- But your intuition- Oh, well, so. yes, but a, a lot of it is based on, again, not knowing what you don't know. And having to be and, an adult really no young. One, and no one telling you, you know, like no one teaching you about yeah, certain things. Because there weren't, and I think uh, podcasts- There were definitely knowledge gaps, like giant knowledge gaps. Things that, like I, when I look at my young life, there were ways that I was incredibly ahead of myself. Like, I, you know, being a professional actor at 14 years old, being very focused and knowing what I wanted and going after certain things particularly emotionally, mm -hmm. but particularly with regard, like women were like the great mystery to me. Like just, they still should be <laughs> still. I don't, I, you know, yeah, the more, I you know, know, the less, you know, uh, with them. I, I, I know a lot more only because 
you know, I've been, uh, you know, I've been married for 31 years almost. And, and, and I live in estrogen house. Mm -hmm. I live with three women awesome. and I've learned so much about women and the way they function, which I just did not understand. I just at all. have so much pity for the boys that try to date your daughters. Jesus. I bet a lot will be scared too. And that's a good thing. There's a post that my daughter wrote was one of the greatest things that anyone's ever written about me recently. <laughs> for my birthday uh, that you should look August up. August 30th. Might... We'll talk about it in a oh, sec if wow. you want. wow. You know my birthday. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, All I'm right, obsessed. Uh, I'm not this astro just... Because I, for me, I think astrology, people like astrology. I'm a Virgo and I'm like this because of the stars. Like, <laughs> Cute, whatever. It's just like I can't even hear what you're saying. When people talk about it's like what? Can you type it? Like your brain, your it's like actual drivel. Like you know how you know what you're saying isn't true, so you're trying intentionally to not be heard because you know you're gonna have to like. So I believe that all the stuff about Taurus and this it is true, not because of the stars. It is because of um, people's personalities, I think, develop in proximity to holidays based on where their birthday is in uh, proximity oh, to holidays. that's interesting. That's a new Because take. As, a, as a young person, right, you're, the attention you got on your birthday kind of defined who you were going to be in the future, right? So my birthday is September 4th, first day of school, yeah. always. Work. Right. Yeah. My birthday presents were I, pencil cases and folders and school supplies. I love that feeling of going back to me the too. The smells, right? When you and get I'm a, a script and you get to hole punch it and put it in a yeah, binder. Yeah, and it's a big deal for We're me. the fucking nerds, going right? back to school. So it's no one was celebrating deal. your birthday on August 30th. You had school in three days. Yeah, when you, yeah. were at, you were at, at the true. That Kroger food line. I don't know. You often getting... had my birthday parties a week before my birthday. <laughs> no one came because they were still on vacation. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So so people say like Leos, August babies. Yeah, they are really attention-seeking people because no one went to any kid's birthday in August. Everyone yeah. was off living with their grandparents, oh, you know? Damn, I never thought of that. You know, so mine is first day of school. So people said, um, uh, uh, the minute I met kids, right? Hi, I'm Whitney, nice to meet you, whatever. And then it was my birthday. But I couldn't tell anyone it was my birthday. It's like, hi, it's my birthday. They're like, okay. It just, it was like a hassle for people. So I was like, okay, yeah, let me just work. Were you young in your class too? Cause I was always. the youngest in I was my always class. the youngest. Me too. I, you know, I went to college. I actually technically moved in. I was 17 and then I turned 18, mm -hmm. August 30th. Always. Cause we moved, you know, I moved into my dorm the last week of August. Mm -hmm. And then I turned 18, yeah. which I wasn't technically supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, I was the, yeah. the whole thing. But I also think that you and I have this kind of like gift and weird curse where we are radically uh, hold ourselves accountable. And that is, I mean, Charles and your mom, you know, I, yeah. we give them like, you know, but I like to tell on myself. I think most people don't want to tell on themselves, you know, because it would mean as in like, oh, I just did that thing. It was selfish. Hey, you know what? I'm sorry that I asked you to do that because it was selfish of me and I was being lazy and that wasn't fair. I'm sorry. Like that makes me feel better. I don't yeah. want to keep a secret. We're only as sick as the secrets we keep. And mm -hmm. if my motives, if my selfish motives come up and da da da, because the one amendment that I think would help for pe brains like mine, which are, there are some out there, which I think I'd be diagnosed as like neurodivergent and stuff by a lot of people and whatever you're supposed to say right now. But it helps me to say, you know, the footnote of your father's quote is, you know, you know, understanding human nature. If I just go, we're animals, I get it. 
because I understand animal behavior really well. I understand how to communicate with wolves. He and was horses. talking about the life cycle, though. Yeah, of course. We yeah. understood the nature of, uh, you know, like acceptance. Because chimpanzees talking about are acceptance. pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. He, what he was saying is that we have to be able to face the fact that we're born, we live for a time, and then we pass away and be okay with it. And we have to tolerate that we pain. We have to go like, that's just true. And I'm going to say something wild, which is we're, I think the fear of it is worse than it. The fear of my mom dying destroyed me. Of course me. it is. When and she the fear died, of everything that we anticipate is worse than the thing. But the thing just we, about. But I'd rather fear it sure. than go one day. My grandfather gets hit by a car. I, that I that the freak, the Damocles sword that's hanging, and I never know when it's going to fall. That's that's the thing that is. I think where people need to take drugs, they need to anesthetize, they need to take cocaine. Because to me, all these addicts, let's just call them addicts, it's not an insult, homeless people addicted, these are the people that are us. They're the most hypervigilant, sensitive people. They feel the most. So they have yeah. to take things to anesthetize, right? Yes. Nature and nurture. Because people addicted- Self-medicate, make it okay, stop Because they'd the, have to feel the pain of the, knowing uh, that- uh, The anguish of it. That's yeah, my exactly. thing with just losing my mom. I went, I lost yeah. my mom. And I went, you know what? But I got her 12 years longer than I, I could. You know, that's what I say about my, I lost my- my mother and father about six months apart right before the pandemic. My father died in January when the, just when the pandemic was starting. So he didn't have to live through that shit. He's like, yeah, no exactly. way. And he I went. have to say, I, I, and it sounds weird to say it, but I feel blessed that he passed when he did because we wouldn't have been able to go to Boston and bury him. That's right. We would have had to, yeah, I mean, that would have been completely He knew. He up. goes, uh-uh, like, I see where out. this is going. <laughs> I see where, so I, you, you I'm know not going to have my 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 brood, my offspring, get on a plane, get COVID and come give it to me. I'm not dying like that. You know, you think you know somebody. You know, my, my father, people are going to laugh and they're going to mock me, whatever. My father was a hairdresser. My father. Uh, like an alpha, I know. Like my a father thug. had uh, a beauty salons, right? And he was an incredibly talented cutter, style jazz guy you know i called him daddy -o. he was born in the beat generation just really quick if anyone wants to think like oh haircutting like a man haircutting they're holding a pair of scissors near your neck <laughs> these aren't bitchy he was a macho guy in a lot of ways but not a you know he's, in holding, a misogynistic he's holding knives and douchey and way uh my my dad was so cool um and my mother i was very close to both of them in any case where was i going with this that's amazing. That he was buried. That you, he was. He oh yeah. You think you know someone? Well, you think you know somebody. Well, you know, when I my my father's funeral, I stood from. I'm gonna say it was, just twelve noon, till seven, at night, at his wake, with a line of people yep. down the That's street. That's right. That's right. That came to pay their respects. I'm sure most couldn't even make it too. It, I, I'm gonna say this is. Like 2,000 people came yep. to my father's funeral, 1,500 at least. Incredible. And I mean it. It took till 7 o'clock for, and we weren't spending time with everybody. We couldn't. It was too many people. Yeah. And I was so overwhelmed. It was really, yeah. and, and, and it was the day that Kobe Bryant died. Okay. That, I, that was his. That was his. I'm sorry. Honey. No, please, no. I'm, I'm bringing up stuff. No, no, upsetting. you're not. No, but it's it's crying isn't I'm sorry. bad. Crying yeah, is I good. understand. Crying but is, it, it's good. But you know, to again, this is my own father, and to see this outpouring of yeah. love, it's uh, a king. That's a king. I was like, hey. But there's, but know? that's a, but that is a Spartan funeral. Wow, they came and paid respects. It was beautiful. Uh, when you lose a parent, he you touched get, a lot of people's lives. When you guy. lose a parent, shit gets real. 
you know, uh, uh, 1000 BC real quick. Right. Everything is like, oh, the like all these people are they didn't have to come. They're not getting no. paid. They're going because they know that they're they have a draw. You can't fake that shit. The 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 the, the visceral. No one was coming to get photos with you. No man, the visceral. You know, emotion, raw emotion they, of all of these people. When, it was like, wow. Can I tell my you, father. like, Bob Saget's wow. funeral huh. was a thousand huh. comedians that that make every moment about them that could never be, couldn't shut their mouth at a public thing. If we have Tourette's, I mean, we literally bleh, bleh, we have to yeah, be the yeah, center yeah. of attention. Right? Literally, you could hear a pin drop. Man, the man, level man. of respect when you sure, wow. when you see that kind of respect. It makes you proud, at least for that day, to be a human because you see what we're capable of. See, I love that you said that because sometimes in the midst of all the madness and what we've borne witness to and the craziness, things happen like that mm -hmm. that sort of restore your faith. Fill you up for like 10 just years. Just make yeah. you mm -hmm. go like, hey, all right. I'm going to end on that. Yes. Don't ride elephants. The great Michael Chiklis. Accused, January 22nd. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.